Hey everybody, this is Dino with Hub Podcast. And Michelle. <laughs> I almost cut you off. That's okay. We just want to let you know that you can find us at gangalley.com. Like a gang in an alley. Gangalley.com. We're on iHeartRadio, Podbean, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Double Pod, Apple. And we have a YouTube channel for supplemental material. But what do we normally talk about? Oh, gosh. Everything, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we touch on whatever is whatever poignant we, that week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we wrap it into movies, TV, pop culture, whoever's ticking us off. <laughs> ticking me off. <laughs> Social media toxicity. But we always have one important message. The most important message. Be decent to each other. So check us out. Aw, podcast. (laughs) Peace. Welcome back to another episode of Cinematic Blind Spots. I'm Josh, and Adam couldn't be here for this week. But have no fear, if you guys tune into our Friday the 13th episode, you'll remember these guys. Let's welcome back to the show, the Brothers Blevins. Hey everyone, what's up? I am Tootie Fruity, Tootie's cousin from the Facts of Life, Chris. And I'm the crack that will break your mother's back. I'm Chad. And tonight we have a very special episode. We're going to be reviewing, uh, uh, I guess you'd call it a slasher type film from 1982. This is going to be called Dog Island. Oh, that was the Swedish name. It's actually called Humongous here in the United States. And this was a film, I guess, we, we keep a group chat going. And one night, Chris, you sent us... The poster for this movie, and, and my first response was, "There's no way the movie can ever live up to this poster." And I was right, but <laughs> that's not a bad thing. The movie was still good. But Chris, why don't you tell us where did you first find out about this movie? Because I had never heard of it. <clears throat> well, this was pretty interesting. Uh, actually, I got it from the Into Search of Darkness documentary, and it was with that documentary. It talks about '80s horror, so. Through the decades, and although they didn't highlight it necessarily as something to talk about, what they have with each highlight is they have a bunch of posters of movies that came out that year, and that just happened to be one that catch my eye. And I had heard about the title previously, but never seen it. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna dig for this movie and watch it. I'm super curious, and that poster is just what grabbed me right away. So. I completely agree. That poster is awesome. I I watched In Search of Darkness, but yeah, I did not. I guess the poster didn't grab me at that time because I was like, I don't remember this on that documentary. But what about you, Chaz? Is this your first time seeing it as well? 
yeah, I remember um, Chris. I, I think he uh, when he actually got the the Blu-ray that he had ordered, um, he was showing me what the movie was, but I hadn't seen it uh, prior to that. So uh, in our group chat, when he had had shared it and you enthusiastically was like, oh, we have to talk about this movie. Um, that was when I first watched it, yeah. All right, so this, this movie currently, I couldn't find a Rotten Tomato critic score, and it only has an audience score of 23%. I didn't look at how many reviews there were. This movie is, uh, I guess, a Canadian production because the budget was $2 million Canadian, which is equal to about $1.47 million, which kind of mind-boggling for an obscure 80s movie to cost that much back, back in 1982. I also could not find a gross at all. Uh, just found out, too, this movie just celebrated, I think, 38 years. Uh, June 11th, 1982, I think, was when the film premiered. So we're celebrating on an anniversary, I guess you could say, for uh, talking about the movie. And I know, like, well, Paul Lynch, the director... Which I'm sure we're probably we're going to get to anyway about how he directed Prom Night prior to this one, I believe. And then he went on to do a bunch of television shows, which I'm more familiar with his work on that. Like he did Murder, She Wrote, uh, pretty much oh, okay. several episodes of the Star Trek series, whether it be Next Gen and Deep Space Nine. Uh, gosh, there were several other ones too. But it's just a lot of television shows that you've seen in the 80s and maybe through the 90s. You have seen his work pretty much oh okay so based off what you listed i still have not seen much of his work those weren't too many shows that i watched but that <laughs> is very cool i have seen the original prom night but it was only like once and i honestly don't remember too much about it but yeah it's kind of cool that he had directed that that had jamie lee curtis in it she was in her scream queen it was still right? early jamie lee curtis was in Early part of her career, or I think near the end of her career for horror, because she was just about to move on to more serious yeah, roles I think that she, she wanted to go and pursue. Right, she she gave that lackadaisical performance in Halloween 2 right after, and and then I think, yeah, she went into like trading places and stuff. Right. <clears throat> Alright, so we're going to get into this movie. So this movie, I guess you said it came out in June, but it actually takes place, I guess, trying to capitalize on Prom Night or Friday the 13th. We get Labor Day weekend on this movie, so that was a little bit of a minor holiday. 1946. We get, you see a boat on the water, we get a party happening at this lake house. <laughs> we get this woman who just keeps staring at these Rottweilers in a fence. Well, they're her best friends. What can you say? <laughs> yeah, I guess they're... Yes, this, they are her best friends. Man's best friend is a Rottweiler. There you go. And then you get this man aggressively hitting on this woman. And she doesn't yeah. want it, so she runs. And, and what does he do? He chases her through the woods. I'm like, okay. I, I think it's funny because she's running through the woods. I guess she... Even though he's chasing, she thinks she's created enough distance because she's like just stops and is like, ah, I need to smoke now. Right. Like, oh, okay. Well, I think it was weird because <laughs> like he pops up kind of out of nowhere too a little bit towards the beginning. And I remember the first viewing going, who is this guy to her and what what is he exactly doing? But re-watching it today, actually, it makes it 
pretty much establishes that there was some sort of previous history there between them is what it it looks like but i remember he i think he fell down the steps when he chased her so i guess she just thought yeah she had that distance she's like i'll hide behind this tree (laughs) and he won't find me yeah it was really weird but I'll, i'll let you go into that next part of what happens there well, I mean, as she's running, of course, and he finds her, you hear the dogs constant barking. Like you said, the, the woman and these dogs have a connection, so they are barking because they, they can sense she's in danger. But, yeah, he touches up to her, throws her to the ground, slaps her, decides he needs to smoke. <laughs> and then we get, I, I wasn't expecting that, we get a, we get a rape scene, and it's, and it's a pretty vivid one because, like, there's a scene, like, like, obviously, he's ripping her panties off very forcefully. Mm-hmm. But then he, and he's just so sleazy, he literally licks his fingers before going down in her. And I was like, oh, my God, this is uncomfortable to watch. Oh, jeez. Right. And, you know, that's funny because it's this scene in particular that they had a little bit more uh, issues with with the MPAA, that they actually had to cut a few seconds and stuff from it. So... But even with the R-rated version, it's still pretty uncomfortable to watch. Right. I can. I don't. Yeah, you, I know you directed me to a version on YouTube, so I, I don't know if that's unrated or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I cannot honestly. Because, I mean, the, you can't really tell a difference as much, I don't think. Other than I think the scene is just a little longer in the unrated version. But pretty much the brutality of it is still. Right there so it's a little uncomfortable to see but it definitely sets the tone for what's to come yeah yeah and when i saw there was a rated and unrated i kind of wondered i was like i wonder if he actually licks his fingers like that in the r-rated cut because that that went a little that took it an extra step he did that was an extra step of sleaziness (laughs) right there so while he's doing this, now we get those dogs. They've gotten loose out of the cage, and they, they come and find him. They're biting, and I mean, they're ripping him. I mean, he's bleeding everywhere. The woman eventually stops the dogs, but then she picks up a rock and bashes him in the head multiple times. Yeah. So I was, you know, I think even, I think after I finished this, I, was, I texted you. I was like, man, that was a hell of an opening. It did, yeah. <laughs> I remember, I, I love how actually... I like how it opens because it again it sets the tone so it's going to make you uncomfortable and you know there's going to be crazy things coming along but I really love the credits opening in particular um, because that also gives more development to this character Ida um, who was the girl that was raped there in the beginning because as you're watching the pictures unfold of her you can yep. see she goes on with life but you could tell there's a lot behind her eyes as she's taking these pictures. You can see some, maybe some shame, uh, depression. And then, you know, you also see towards the end there, there's a picture of her near the, uh, I guess you say the basement door on the outside of the house, which gives you the, the idea that there's something very shameful there that she's not proud of. So I really like the opening a lot. I think it does a great job with her character. Yeah, I agree. And you see that she has a nice scar on her cheek from that yes. attack. Yeah. So Definitely a reminder. Yeah. And now we cut to present day, 36 years later. So that would put us in that 1982. 
you have two people on a dock and you have a girl just standing in the window topless trying to show off her breast to some guy out there. <laughs> I was like, what the? I was like, oh, okay. So they're definitely going to be gratuitous with this one. And then she's like wrestling with that guy. He's like, he's, I think oh, the guy yeah. she's trying to show off for is Eric, right? That's who she's trying to show yes. up for? Yes, uh, because you start off where you have... It's three siblings, two brothers and a sister, and then plus the two girlfriends as well. And you have uh, Eric, who's technically seeing Sandy, who's our... I guess you could say our heroine or, or sort. The final girl. The final girl. <laughs> and then you have Donna, who is... The girl that's showing her breasts there in the window because she's trying to attract the attention of Eric, who she really likes. But she's yet involved with Nick, who is not exactly that of a great person as we get to see. And then there's Carla, who's kind of who I call Betty Davis because she kind of looks like Betty Davis to me a little bit in the eyes. <laughs> so if I refer to her as <laughs> Betty Davis going on, you guys, you'll you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, um, that's who it is. She's kind of the one that's like hey we're trying to get on this trip get on this boat and everyone's not doing their part (laughs) so we're off to an an interesting morning for this group of young hot fresh kids who are wanting to have some fun on the lake yeah absolutely and the interesting thing about carla is this ended up being her last movie so i don't know i didn't see any history of why like she was just like you know what (laughs) this is terrible i'm not doing anything right. else <laughs> or she just couldn't get anything else i don't know what the story well, behind i know that she was, was i think technically the older actor out of the group as well even though she looked oh, okay. super young um yeah i think she, she had some young. pretty good credits to her name if i remember correctly but i had to look back on that i think there was something that seemed okay. memorable but uh yeah. yeah, so we got that group of kids, and they're going on a boat, and you got Nick. Well, and then to also establish, you got Nick, who seems like he's got a, some beef with his brother, Eric. You know, he just seems like he's jealous. Especially in because this is Nick in this next scene with the gun, right? Yes. Yes, look, yeah. Eric's standing out there, and he's pointing this gun at him. And then he shoots it, like, right beside him. Like, it could have easily gone really bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And my question is, is why would they allow him to go on the boat with them onto this lake? Because, I mean, clearly this this fellow is unhinged. (laughs) And they're out in the middle of water somewhere. If somebody pissed him off, he would, like, just dispose of them in the water and then come back to land and be like, I don't know where they went. Shit. Like... Well, you know what's funny? In the interview with the guy who plays Eric, uh, there's an interview on the Blu-ray. Oh, okay. And they, of course, asked him about how it was working with the other actors. And apparently the guy who plays Nick is more of a, um, oh, what do you call it? The actor who, throughout production, will kind of stay in character. Oh, he's a method method actor. Yes, thank you. He's he's kind of a method actor, so apparently he was a little, maybe a little tough to kind of work with sometimes. But <laughs> like he definitely plays the part movie. really well. <laughs> yeah, it's such a strange <laughs> movie to bring method acting to. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just he's one of those. Maybe this was like one of his first projects, and he just comes out and he's like, "I gotta, I gotta get this character, oh, asshole, signal asshole." Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, he accomplished that, even though I don't know if many he people did. saw this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the fun part about this. It's so obscure. Yeah, it, I know. That's why I love the idea when you said it. But that's what I really love about these some of these obscure films is that we end up finding some real gems. You know? Yeah, 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 you really do. And... <laughs> But this next scene might be my favorite scene in the movie. I like, I don't know, for some reason, I just like random ass dancing scenes in horror movies. Like, obviously, everybody talks about Kristen Glover <laughs> in Friday 13 Part 4. Okay. Now, that's something that we also have to talk about. Okay. Because I was go. telling chat before he even saw this film, I was like, you're going to love this one particular scene. It's a dance film, and I don't know what it was. Maybe with 80s horror, you have those people that kind of dance to these weird... And they just have a, a certain way of movement. This one was interesting because you could... I agree with Chad. I think what they did is they played a different track. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. For her to kind of dance to, and then they just put a different music there. But the music they put, I call it like the porn music. So I was going to say, I, I literally have 70s porn, porn music in my notes. Yeah. Yes. So it's like this kind of disco-y country feel to it, which is weird. And then the way she moves, you're just like, okay, that's right up there with with some of the yeah, exactly. famous dance scenes for like, me. So Yeah, completely agree. You know, Chris Glover's, Glover's always number one for yes, me in that. But. I agree. But then you got the girl in, um, ah, it's another Friday the 13th. It might be part five. The girl's dancing in her room. Part five. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, but yeah, I put seventies porn music. And I also made the note that's not. This is not what she's <laughs> dancing to. She is not dancing to this song. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, you could tell they were. It's just really weird to put that for her scene on, on that part of the boat because I'm like, they're definitely emphasizing that she's the curvy bombshell, right. sexy, sexy. I mean, even her bikini is so. Small, Small. yeah, especially the bottom part, you know, <laughs> in the very front particular. It's just like, okay, I feel like something's going to bust out, and but it just it looks like it's part of her skin. <laughs> so we're here. It's broad daylight, and then we cut, and it's nighttime. And you can see that you see people on the boat. They're they're out in the water. It turns out it's Eric and the rest of them. They're they're returning. I guess they've been out on the boat all day, so. It's foggy. It's hard to... Oh, and that's a that's another good story. It was foggy. They actually wanted to do, like, a big storm scene, but they couldn't because of budget, so they just decided to go with, well, we'll use fog. Which is interesting, right? Because she said the equivalent for the budget was, like, what, $1.2 million or something like, like that? Like, $1.47 and... I, so you kind of stare and think, so what, you still couldn't create a thunderstorm? But I don't I don't know. It, yeah, I don't. I mean, what they they use a lot of just a lot of it's actually on location shooting, mm -hmm. so right. it didn't look like they were really doing a whole lot of building unless the house was built. But I don't, I don't think it was. I th I bet it was on location as well. Yeah, I would think so too. Didn't I? Don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not real sure where most of that budget went for this movie. Honestly, <laughs> maybe it was the face of the guy. <laughs> Yo, he had a fucked up face, though. <laughs> but we'll get there in a second. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Get there. So while we're out there, we actually we find a guy. I guess he's in the water, and he, he's stranded, I guess, right? This guy they find. 
So then I have the, the next cut. You get a couple in bed. You get a lot of darkness. You hear some people outside. You hear dogs barking. Nick's getting angry. And Nick's getting mm-hmm. assholey about the dogs, if you want to say. <laughs> he just builds up. He's like a, a tea kettle. He's just kind of getting there more and more, you know, eventually. Because, I mean, even he spoiled the dancing. That That's true. You know what? That's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. But she probably wasn't dancing for him. She was probably dancing for Eric anyway, so. She was. Uh, well, she was well, looking yeah, at because, him. because, I mean, they, they cut back and forth mm-hmm. between them. Yeah. She was, and then he's like, Big Brother has to get everything. <laughs> you know, I mean, little brother syndrome, I guess. But yeah. me and Chad, thankfully, we never had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> so now we cut back to the boat. There's a fire on the boat. Uh, I missed, maybe you guys remember, how did this fire start? Do you remember how this fire started on this boat? Nick. Nick was being <laughs> a Dorcas as usual, and... He decided, oh, I'm going to command the ship. And, yep, oh, look what right. I'm going to do. And he just ruins all the gears and everything. And then, boom, next thing you know, there's a big fire. And then, but before that, the guy that was stranded that they rescued, Bert. Okay. You know, because I guess he's like Sesame Street. To me, you just kind of think of Bert or Ernie, I guess. Oh, but okay. anyway, Bert decides he also, he gives that story about Dog Island. Oh, yeah, you need to go ahead. About, yeah. He does. He does kind of set up about, hey, this there's this old lady that lives on the island surrounded with all her dogs. And she only comes out maybe to the mainland twice, twice a year or something like that for supplies. And then she's secluded for the rest of the year. So it kind of sets a little bit of an ominous. Can feeling. I just mention how I respect this lady and her lifestyle that I want to <laughs> imitate in these times with the quarantine and the virus going around i would like to stay on dog island you're okay with that okay it ha- she has well, she does have blessing. a nice property yeah yeah she I does I, I, I would probably live on that property too so he starts to fire the boat wrecks we get nick going to look for the woods you see dog wrecks it explodes well <laughs> <laughs> Fair. And Josh is just like trying to make it. He's like, yeah, it, 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 it dinged a rock. That's all it happened. It didn't really do it. was the Titanic. Anything. Sorry. It, it hit a rock instead of an iceberg. <laughs> and then next thing you know, we got the two lovers trying to, you know. Yeah, like, hold on. Hold on. Meanwhile, Carla's trying to search for the heart of the ocean thing or something because she kind of disappeared into she the does, cabin when it was on fire. That's right. Which you're kind of like, he said everyone jump off the boat, not go in the boat. And. That was weird setup. So, you know, once the boat explodes, they're left on the shore of the island. And you got Eric going, Carla, 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 Carla. And meanwhile, the others are just kind of like, oh, my God, he's, he's, he's not going to find her. So, I mean, yeah, so that was interesting. And then meanwhile, you got Bert, who's hurt again. He's freezing all the time. <laughs> And you got... That poor man. Yeah, and then you got Donna. <laughs> Donna is the sexy girl, by the way. Yes. And her name... Which, by the way, I like her name. Donna Blake. Now, how does that sound to you guys? Because to me, I'm like, now that's a friendly name. That's more like a Mary Jane Watson name for Spider-Man. Yeah, really? Yeah. So it just sounds like... She sounds like a Peter Parker girlfriend. She does. No, oh, the curvy girl I mean, next door. She's a sexy redhead bombshell. So. But meanwhile, she's hugging all over Bert to keep him warm and safe and... You know, and Nick is just being grumpy 
we're on this server. It's not my fault. <laughs> so now but they're it's out. It's technically his fault, though, right? But it was his fault. He, yeah, but he wasn't going to admit it, you know? Yes, exactly. Yep, yep, you're right. So now they're out looking. We see dogs. We see someone or something catch the dog, right? Yes. Gotta make sure I got everything right. And then you got. And you got Nick, who's Remember like, uh, very well. oh, I'll go search for, I'll go search for help, and I'll go find what we need and all that stuff, and and then eventually he runs into his, he's the first victim of this thing that's out there that killed the dog, this big giant thing that yeah, has I, big hands. Don't you mean a humongous thing? Ooh, that's a good one, Chad. He does, because. That, that was basically the director heard someone use the term humongous and was like, ooh, I gotta write a movie about that. That was like his inspiration. So. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> was that like his first time hearing the word or something? Like, <laughs> I think it was back then. <laughs> well, he was like that producer in Dirty Dancing when she heard mm. the, the words Dirty Dance. She's like, million dollar movie title, gotta use it. Well, you gotta give him credit. I mean, it's simplistic. And it... it Tells you what you need to know, I think. So it, it, I mean, yeah, yeah, props to you, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. yeah, he's like, what was it? He was, was he in the cellar or the boathouse or something like that? I forget exactly where he was at. Where the the this big thing, this humongous thing, comes in. He like busts through the door because <laughs> I like that Nick was on the ground, and then as soon as he came through the door, he just screams his head off but the actor does such a great job of showing that terror in that mm -hmm. moment but you also can't help but laugh because because <laughs> he just goes to the door and the guy and nick's just going ah! and then it just cuts off you know and yeah we cut to the next morning obviously they're looking for nick they find the boathouse so and uh, that's also where they end up finding Carla. She's hiding in the boat. I was like, at first I thought she was some <laughs> yeah. kind of weird creature. I was like, I oh, and then too. I realized it was Carla in Because, <laughs> I mean, she's got that curly hair. So you sit there and think, what the hell? Is that like a possum thing exactly. with a human face? Or, <laughs> exactly. What's, what's going on? And then it just zooms in and she's like, Nick? Or I guess, no, I guess she's like, Sandy? Oh, my God, Eric, Sandy, I couldn't find you. I'm like, what are, are they so, going to be in there? Is so that where you thought they were? <laughs> exactly. She's like, I couldn't find you, so I'm going to hide in this boathouse, and I'm going to hide in this boat that has a big hole in it. I mean, it's a good hiding spot. So I just yeah, don't understand Betty Davis how I couldn't lives. find you. That's not where anybody's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, at least she kept safe from the elements, I guess, in that respect. But, but then, you know, like I said, Betty Davis survives. And then, of course, they end up smelling something really funky in there, which you're kind of like, why did Betty Davis not notice that? And She's been in there all night. They go closer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's called plot, Chris. They have to drive the plot. <laughs> and then they find mutilated dog and this like little closet thing in the in the this boathouse. Right. And they're just like, what? What happened to it? Other dogs wouldn't have just ate it, or unless they were hungry. And then he's like, "Oh, but the skin's been ripped off this thing, and it's pretty nasty looking." Because it, it is nasty looking on it. But the thing is, you're supposed to buy that this is a dog skull here, and I'm like, this is yeah. clearly like a deer head or something. This is not no. 
This does not <laughs> resemble a dog at all. This was a strange scene for me with Donna having to carry these blueberries, and of course she doesn't have like a full size <laughs> shirt on, so she's like smearing blueberries all over her. Like I, I'm like, is this supposed to be sexy? I'm not turned on by this. This, yeah, that was one thing I was noticing too, because like I said, I th- throughout the movie with her character, they were definitely emphasizing that this is the sex pot. This right. is the girl that, if we can, we'll take advantage of the show right whatever we can you know all her curves basically yes and so i think i think what's kind of funny is that she's she's kind of this character that doesn't really thinks of herself in that way but it just kind of comes off that way she it's kind of like the jessica rabbit thing where it's like i'm not drawn bad i'm just drawn this way i'm not bad i'm just drawn this way (laughs) She's not drawn bad. Of course she's not drawn bad. Well, some characters may be bad. But uh, the, <laughs> the interesting thing is, is like she kind of takes this role all of a sudden while they're looking to be, I'm going to be happy-go-lucky and I'm going to I'm gonna show that I'm smart too. And help and out I'm going to get supplies. Yeah. So she's like, she comes by with like that little short thing of sticks where you're sitting there going, you need more than that to start a fire. <laughs> and then that's where she goes looking for food and then she finds the berries. And I agree, like they, like, I think they told her, okay, we Just mash, them, them around. mash them around on your boobs <laughs> because the time she gets down there, it's smashed all over it's her. Smashed. And then they have her go to the water to wash her chest, which is even more ways to be like, hey, hey fellas check out the sexy lady right. here right but you know that's that goes hand in hand with horror especially in mm-hmm. the 80s slasher period and stuff like that they had to i guess show the sex spot you know what i mean yeah and then he bert is like on the verge of passing out here because like you said he got injured again <laughs> she like once yeah, again she into, uses her uh, sex appeal and like is rubbing her boobs on him to somehow like that's gonna keep him warm or something he's, he, Oh, he's in, he's going in the shock. Right, that's what it is. <laughs> and so, so she's doing the getting you know, naked. They, and of course, they quicker. say like when you're going in the shock, someone's going in the shock. You get naked with them, and you do the body, body to body thing in order to heat them back up. For those of you out there listening, share your stories of this kind of situation if it's happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then she like gets like jerked back off him or something, and thrown. Oh, I know, right. <laughs> I thought that was going in a different direction well, there. And then we have to mention, too, like she was being like scouted by this humongous thing that we saw oh, yeah, earlier. He's, like, he's kind of following her. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and you kind of hear him growling a little bit in the distance, too, by the way. And suddenly, I guess she's killed because she was thrown pretty roughly, it looked like, on you know on the sand. And then Wait, did she like, was just kind of like, <gasps> and then did she cuts. like hit her head or something? Well, I think. I don't know, because she was thrown pretty roughly, so I don't know if it was, like, her, I don't know, maybe the wind got knocked so bad out of her that she couldn't regain any breathing? I don't don't know, because we didn't really see a whole much detail into that, you know? That's true. Because then suddenly she's thrown, and then it cuts to Bert's face, and he's like, "Mm," and then it cuts off on him, too. So we kind of don't know... Exactly. Oh, okay, yeah. We do find out what does happen to him anyway. Yeah, because I put in my notes like he gets a boot to the neck here or something. But 
Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> boot. Because maybe that a makes boot. sense for, you know, how we end up finding him later. So Yeah. Yeah, because I think I had, it looked like that's what was happening. And then, like you had said, we cut back to Eric, Carlin, Sandy, and they're scoping out this house, or this boathouse, I guess, technically. And they, they find, like, baby clothes. They find an old photo album. Oh, they go album. into the real house. They go yeah, into the actual the house. Lodge. Okay. The actual house, yeah. At that point. You're right. Yeah, that's where they do the searching around the house because they're trying to also look for the supplies and stuff that they need. Hopefully find some help. Or actually, they're trying to find the old lady. That was a big thing. And I remember when they got to the property, they saw the um, the dog fencing as well. And they saw, I think, more dead dogs in there too. Skeletal remains. Okay. So they know something is wrong. Something's up. And then they go and explore the house. And like you said, they're seeing a bunch of stuff in there. And then you got Sandy who, well, they find matches because that was the big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they needed matches to, for fire and stuff. And then Sandy goes into that one room where she's in like, she finds a, maybe she finds a book in that one. But there's another part too where she finds a diary and stuff. And then that's when Sandy ends up, or she either dropped the, the, matches and she like <laughs> there's like this upside down shot where she sees skeletal remains on a chair next you know she freaks out but she falls back on top of the skeletal remains and then <laughs> and i think me and chad were having some fun with this scene because mm-hmm. the, the thing of course the skeleton is stuck on sandy so the moment she gets up and falls down the thing is on top of her yeah i was like i put <laughs> in there i was like yeah. the skeleton's holding on to her for some reason yeah <laughs> and then carla comes up to rescue her and she like rips the arm off but she's like shaking the arm yeah. around like it's like something out of evil death because you know betty davis had the shakes going on <laughs> at that point and so <laughs> She's like, oh my god, and she's like moving an arm, and then that's when Eric to the rescue. Which I had to laugh, because I'm like, she did just have an encounter with a skeleton where it was like almost latching on her, and he's like, oh, calm down, it's okay, it's okay. I'm like, eh, I'd be a little freaked out too, you know? <laughs> I would be too, so, especially so, when you fall back on one. Right, it's, so is this skeleton the mother? I put in there mother question yes. mark, like this supposed to be the mother, right? Okay. Yeah, this is Ida. This is Ida Parsons. Oh, okay. Who, uh, that's right. Did in not... the beginning. Okay. Okay. So then they hear noises in the basement. So they got to check that out. And then, which is what we hear. <coughs> right. Very good sound effect. Oh, we don't need. Who needs a soundboard? That was Chris's stomach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just provide those little sounds for exactly. it. Exactly. Who, who needs a soundboard when you have a Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris, only. Chris I'm, here to pro- <laughs> I'm here to provide. There you go. So then, that's what half the city of Charlotte says about you. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> wow, Jeff. I can't say that he's wrong either. <laughs> wow, Chris. My goodness. This is going off the deep end. <laughs> so now we get we get humongous. <laughs> I guess he's down there. He's just like, you hear him like throwing shit around. Like you hear a bunch of Yeah, he's going crazy, almost ballistic. Yeah. (laughs) So then uh, I don't have much after that. I got a... Oh, so yeah, then you got like where... They... They go to investigate. Yeah, they go to investigate, but Mm -hmm. something happens to where... 
you have oh I know they're continuing more in the house they don't really do a whole much uh, but then they kind of go to the outside right I think there was a moment too where they separate and Eric yep you know he's hearing more noises he's got a stick and he's and he almost nails you know, about the girl to hit something <laughs> He yeah, that's what I exactly. I, yeah, he's I have like, that. "Oh, wait a minute!" It, he's like, "Wait, it's my sister Betty Davis and my girlfriend. I can't, I can't hit them." So then they go to a door on the outside of the house, which leads to the basement, and then that's this is where I have they find the journal is where I have right here. I put finds journal right here okay. in the basement. So they and go that, in that basement, and that's mm-hmm. also where they discover where Nick and this Donna. humongous thing has been living. Yeah, and then they go in there, and they find that he's been keeping... It's messy, it's stinky, for one, because they're about to puke their guts when they open the door. And then when they go into, like, this... I guess you say this humongous thing was keeping himself, like, a meat room. Because <laughs> then, next thing you know, that's where they find Donna and Nick, and then a dog in between them hanging up on meat hooks. Food storage. And then, exactly, right? And then Betty Davis runs. She goes fleeing through the woods. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm referring to Betty Davis as for Carla. I just can't help it. And so, <laughs> so anyway, she's she's fleeing. Oh, <coughs> sorry, dry throat. <clears throat> and <coughs> down. All right. <clears throat> Five, four. And so she's fleeing in the woods. Sandy goes after her and she's like, Carla, Carla, stop, stop, stop. But meanwhile, Carla just won't stop because she just, she's scared to death. And then she ends up going back to the beach where they left off with their friends. Goes down there. She trips. She goes to the, the ocean water to clear her face. But then what do we find, Josh? A body floating. Is this Bert? I can't even remember. You're right. <laughs> okay. Like, I didn't... I should have rewatched the whole thing Folks, more. Josh did not do his homework very well. I did. I put... But- <laughs> I, I was bad with names in this movie, and I'm, I have in there, you find a stranger's body floating, and I was like, shit, I should have written down names. <laughs> well, it's more than just his body. You find his head floating in there. Well, so yeah. it's not really his body. That You know what? You're right. And then That's she freaks true. out again. Playing a little peekaboo. Exactly, right? <laughs> and then uh, and then of course Sandy catches up. And then Eric, I think, eventually catches up. So then they're kind of stuck there on the shore. It's nighttime. They're trying to start fire. Yep. But Sandy's like, Oh, I forgot the matches. I dropped the matches. I think I left them in the lodge. <laughs> and then Eric's like and like really bad acting. He's like, How could you? This is <laughs> terrible of you to do. Now we're gonna be fucked forever. <laughs> <laughs> so then next thing you know it's okay now we got to go back to the lodge yep which is where the humongous thing is right now and yeah so then we're set up for more trouble along the way yeah they hit, what is this claw thing they have i didn't get exactly what this is i just put down claw thing that he hits the crew he hits humongous with eric hits him with he hits him in the head thinking he's oh, dead he's wait. not dead Oh, that's when they go back to the lodge and uh, they're and again Sandy and Eric are separated because I think she went upstairs for a moment. He's downstairs and he starts hearing that growling noise again because he's searching for the the matches as well. Which, by the way, if I'm in the kitchen, I guess is where he was at. 
at this moment. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it was really dark, which we'll talk about that I think too. <clears throat> but um, anyway, he <laughs> you hear through the the vents, you hear that growling, you hear this, <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, if I heard that, I'd be backing up slowly, and I would be like, I'm getting out of here, and so. But then it cuts where he's walking by the stairs, and next thing you know, it's he's attacked. Oh, no, no, no. He hears the growling through the door. Sorry, right. there's the cellar door that's under the steps. And he, and of course, the famous scene in there is where he opens the peephole, and the guy, and then the humongous thing just roars at him at that point <laughs> and busts through the door and starts beating him up. Sandy's freaking out. She's going, What's going on? But there's a fight, and then Eric temporarily has him down yeah so that's where the claw thing you were talking about and then he's like i killed him sandy i killed him but what happens the humongous thing grabs him and drags him and then puts him into a big bear hug and squeezes the life out of him which by the way i found out the guy that plays our humongous oh okay is also a a former professional wrestler and he was also one of the uh the crazy, one of the hillbilly <laughs> creature things in Wrong Turn. Really? Wow. Yes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think he passed away in 2009, 13-ish, somewhere mm. around there. He was pretty young, but yeah, I didn't realize it too until I was reading a little bit more on the actor, um, I think on his IMDb credits. Yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, then we get... Like the Sandy's upstairs looking. She ends up finding a picture of Humongous and his mom together. Yes. Oh, and then I forgot to mention too, like how, you know, when they were on the shore, uh, eventually before they went back to the lodge house, you get a little bit more story about Ida and her son is Humongous, which you find out he's a product of the rape. Um, he was also deformed and also mentally delayed i guess you could say he's stunted so ida um always kept him in the cellar and he always was only allowed in the cellar and in the kitchen nowhere else in the house and apparently too like she and her old age she got sick and so she knew she wasn't going to live very long and her um thing was that she i think she uh was the one who put the holes in the boat and this and the boats at the Oh my god, the you know the lake house thing, <laughs> the, <laughs> the boat ship, house, the ship house thing. <laughs> there we go. I'm losing my words um, because the whole idea was that she wanted to have her kid die with her, but she wasn't able to complete all she wanted to do because she ended up dying before all that happened. So that's why the humongous, if you will, is um, left alone on the property and. He's starving and he's outgrown his clothes, which, by the way, did you guys notice that? How his clothes is outgrown on him because oh, he has busted seams yes. and they're ripped and, <laughs> and short. Like, and it comes up past his ankles. He's like wearing high and, waters. Like, and the shoes are like a little small on him, too, which you can kind of tell. Yeah. But the whole thing, too, is that like there's like no dogs on the island too which is like something that they find not anymore yeah because he's been hunting the dog because there was a there was a couple at the beginning or at least that Mm -hmm. one and then he killed it but right yeah um but anyway yeah they that's a little bit more story for ida and the humongous uh character as well 
Um, but anyway, then to fast forward back to where we were. Right. She found that's this- where. Uh, yeah, the pictures. And then because I think get, he started uh, finding her, right? He started chasing her. Yeah, he starts that. chasing her, and we get what you had told me there was a scene in here. We get our Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. Part Two scene, where she she's like talk, trying to talk like his mother, which it's kind of weird to change your voice to talk like her because you never knew this woman. You have no idea how she sounds. She does put on the clothes from the yeah. picture. That made more sense. But trying to change her voice, I was like, why? You don't know what this woman sounds like. Why would you be confused by that? Yeah, I guess her thing was that she thought she had to be strict with right, in yeah. her tone. Which would probably, I guess, would probably make sense if all she did was keep her that, that child, that product of right. what was bad in her life, kept him in the cellar for all his life. And yeah. Because like yeah, have that's much exactly. interaction, you know. Right, because she—that's what she does. She does. Um, she was she trying to protect to a, him from life to a motherly tone, and like yelling him, "Get back yeah. downstairs!" So that I guess puts that fear back in him of his mom. So he leaves. He goes back down, and then she tries to leave, but oh no, he actually didn't. He's back. <laughs> yeah. And then of course we so get. Then he's she, chasing her. <laughs> yeah. She, well, she falls down some stairs. She runs outside, falls mm. down again. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And then this, this and one chick- of probably the most memorable scenes, if you will, because that's where she like falls through the the porch thing. So you got like her legs are inside the porch, and then she's hanging on, and then you got this thing that's behind her, and he's just slowly inching towards her. <laughs> that's what I was. And it's, I was it's like- really kind of a, a tense moment. It kind of is, but I'm like, this is like a very slow chase scene. Like, yes, <laughs> it's like yeah, and especially the part when she gets out, and then they get to the woods. Woods, yes, that's what and, I was like. Slowest chase yeah. through woods ever. I'm like, oh, oh my, my god, because it's like because he's picking up logs and shit and throwing it <laughs> out of his way while she's getting through bush. I'm like, are they having to go up a hill or something? Because I'm not really saying, but. He's just right up on her, but still can't, can't seem to somehow grab her. She's, but I'm wondering if, like, okay, the director just thought, so here's your small path, but I need you to do it really slow. Whoa. And it just comes off that way. It is odd looking, but like I said, he's, like, throwing away logs and limbs and, <laughs> and everything, which looks pretty yeah. funny. And then they get back. And then they get to the boathouse. They get back to the boathouse, and Carla's back in this scene. <laughs> very briefly, but very but briefly. Like, Sandy, I couldn't find you. <laughs> and she's wishing she hadn't found her because now she gets picked up by her head and her head squeezed. <laughs> oh, I know. I told Chad. I was like, I think she probably had the most brutal death in the movie, other other than maybe with Bert, of course, with a decapitation. I guess, but no, I think with her literally getting picked up it, off the know? ground and getting your head squeezed. I think, yeah, I'd, I'd give her the most brutal death. Yeah, yeah, I think. I it was, it was a good one. I was like, man, and the blood was coming out of her eyes, y'all. Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> they focused Betty on the eyes. Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> you have a little more rasp in your voice when you do that. You're right. I'm not, I can't do it. I can't do it, Chad. <laughs> I know. I can't either. Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> I just like a smoker. <laughs> I know. <laughs> James yeah, Smoker. Exactly. Smoke him if you got him. <laughs> <laughs> or like a, a, a you know a woman who's divorced her husband she's like telling her kids like 
tell your father I slept with the neighbor. <laughs> and the and post office made all kinds man. of noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then we get our final scene. We get Sandy in the boathouse. She's hiding. She yes. fi- she has the matches. She recovered the matches. So she sets a fire, right? So the creatures, yes. and then creatures like know, squirming. She's trying to. What was it? She gets into the water because she's wanting to go through the main doors, you know, to get into the lake, and she can't open it because like the what do you call it? The beam that holds the doors together is, is in the way. She can't lift it. He comes into the water, but he gets stuck. And next thing you know, the flames are getting. bigger and engulfing him and he's just screaming and going crazy (laughs) but then she finally gives up and she's like never mind i'm gonna go back through the same door i went to so somehow she annoyed the shit out of me i was like oh my god all that work (laughs) only for her to be like okay i give up i'm just gonna go back the way i came and she wasn't unscathed by the fire for that matter when right yeah it just kind of came out of nowhere and let's just say too that the 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 when the flames came up in this in this house that's the only scene where you actually get to see the face of the creature, but it's a wide shot. So you don't even get a lot of detail to an extent until I think the very end here, you know, cause like she gets out. Yeah. And then we'll get there. I guess. She has a moment where she thinks she's in peace, but then all of a sudden he pops out of the water. So somehow he got out and then he chases her back up to the hill where the woods are at the steps, you know, and then she picks up the sign. That's like uh, private property. Get off my lawn, you know that kind of. And yeah. she's like pointing at him, but he's still coming at her. And then she trips, and then he just, I guess, falls. On I guess top he stumbles. It's really or yeah. And he impales himself. I on think the thing. if it was me, if I was the director for that part, I would have been like, we need something a little more. Like it could happen the same way, but it needs to be. It was just a very more gentle, impactful. like yeah. that. That whole, that whole sort of final kill, and then he's very. Yeah, soft for I think something rewarding. So he's got this sign stabbed through him, and right. he's he's just oh ah ooh, ah. oh oh lord death scene. <laughs> he was oh, doing ah, he was doing like ah. a uh, was that like Paul Rubens yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Buff, yeah, that's exactly and, what and, I was thinking about. So you almost expected him to kind of bend down and just kick the the rail of the steps, going oh 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 and then she comes up and he goes, uh, you know. <laughs> but it doesn't happen that way. You kind of get that glimpse of his face finally, I think. It's all charred. You, know. you can't really see anything. Yeah, at that point. but you kind of see where one eye is up here, one eye is down here. His mouth is way over here. Or something. It just makes yeah. you wonder, like, I mean, they had over a million dollar production. Like, I just kind of well, wish we'd gotten a little bit more to see the monster, I guess. I don't know. I understand Re- that too, because I heard too, apparently, that. You know, when if they were to shine a big light on his face, it would look obviously right. Makeup, you know, it look really bad. So, and I think that's part of the reason why they also shot this super dark. Right, yeah, I agree. But and know, I think it she, does work for this movie. It does. I think it does. And, I, and she survives, which we we see she survives, and then she's back down on the the pier, and, and, and the boathouse finishes exploding. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then that's where it is. Yeah, I had to wait for her to get to a safe spot end. first. and then the song like did she find her way off the island or did she stay on the island starve to death too like i don't know that's hard to say Uh, to me it 
it makes it feel like oh it's ida reincarnated and she's alone on the island again or something you know and something bad happened to her that's deep chris that's i know I, that's really I, deep you know i reevaluate too much sometimes but, no, but it makes I, sense i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah it's good <laughs> i like it circle. i like it i like the analysis that's very good so yeah overall this is a very good movie i liked it i enjoyed it quite a bit it is dark at times i think it works for the movie in a lot of the scenes absolutely yeah now one thing we didn't talk it, about it does set you set you up you know yeah now one thing you, we didn't talk about the, there's a the scene in the woods where the audio on this thing <laughs> is like for five oh, to eight yeah. minutes is just awful now you have the blu-ray but from what i read the blu-ray didn't even fix that audio Exactly. The it was Scorpion releasing, I believe, that's the one that released the Blu-ray, and for whatever that somehow they missed the audio on that. It's that part where the ship blows up in the beginning. Yes. So you got a good like maybe eight minutes there where you have like this echoing effect <laughs> going on, but from understand is a it was something that that could have been easily fixed but i don't know what quality control just somehow missed that mm. <laughs> you know but it, it to me it didn't deter so much from enjoying it cuz like i said i think i sent you like a link through youtube to see yeah. the video and someone on there i think may have actually fixed the audio through their own working i don't, i can't remember or did it do it not on the one i watched well okay but, but i've i've heard that there's some people that have been able to find it and they did their own little fixing to it so you can watch it online and without the echoing but um hopefully there will be maybe because I, I think scorpion releasing doesn't have this movie anymore to their catalog i think the rights ran out so hopefully maybe there will be another company that will pick it up and maybe give it a little bit more cleaning if they can but from what I understand is the elements were uh, for the film negative and stuff like that was pretty hard for them in the first place and they had to put some standard definition footage in there anyway for i think some of the unrated stuff but um but i mean it to me it just looked seamless in a way with how they had it all in there but you do see with some of the maybe some of the scratches or the little specks and stuff like that here and there but otherwise it was honestly i think a movie like this needs that this is definitely a vhs type movie it could be fun yeah that plays into this movie to make it better honestly this movies like this like that's sometimes the problem i even have with movies that severin vinegar syndrome put out i'm like this movie should never look this good it's just not that kind (laughs) of movie (laughs) i don't know i'm really weird i'm one of those people that's I'm like, uh, the cleaner, the better I'm okay with because you end up seeing some details that you would not have seen before. No, I, I, just I agree. You're just kitten in and you can't and see as well. I, I just kind of enjoy it. But I understand. <laughs> Chris watches like, everything with subtitles now just in case he misses here. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Unless you kind of put it onto its original audio thing, then you actually hear it better. But, you know, sometimes. But, uh, I agree with you too. Like, there's a nostalgia factor when you see it with kind of like the grindhouse effect. Yeah. And you could definitely see this as a movie being for, I think, a fun retro movie night double feature or something like that. Because I think you can have a lot of fun with this film. That's for sure. It's not like your super gory film that some of the slashers were in the 80s and stuff. 
but it's a good thriller and to me i like the backstory i yeah. i like the character um of the humongous character and the ida character in particular and and i think sandy was pretty strong but you know there's a part of me that actually kind of wishes that donna was the one that was the heroine in the end believe it or not because i actually kind of liked her yeah character i did a too bit, i liked i like donna a, lot. a little bit more yeah, um, I was I was a Carla guy. I was I was happy when she popped up at the end, like, and all of a sudden Carla she got her cool head too, squeezed, and yeah. I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> <laughs> that poor girl. She like was so terrorized through this whole thing, and then she's just killed in an instant like that. So it, but she was pretty cool. I think who knows? There could have been a, a stronger edge to her in the end. But if you look at it now, all the siblings died in that movie. Oh, that's sad. The family line has ended. That's, yeah, that's awful. How how bad is that? Yeah. yeah, that's that's a rough that's a rough trip to the to the beach or whatever lake. It sometimes looked like a beach, sometimes looked like a lake. I think it was a lake, <laughs> but it's a lake. <laughs> it's an island. But, uh, sometimes, uh, so <laughs> exactly. All I know is I did like the property that Ida lived on, and I agree mm-hmm. with Chad. I I would have lived on that. It would have been pretty cool. Just yeah. have your own property to yourself, and then you just take a boat ride to the mainland to pick up supplies and all that stuff. But there, who knows? There, there could have been probably some issues with that, too, where you're like, eh, I miss having some people around. <laughs> <laughs> Chad's like, fuck that. I hate people. <laughs> but, I mean, look at what happened with her. She ended up dying alone, so the, and no one knew. Everyone just thought she was still alive, and there was no wellness check or anything on her. If you think about and it, and don't we just all die alone? Yeah, but you know she. Well, I, I'm not. I'm pulling my with... my Lydia um, from Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, it's very profound, Chad. I, I like so it. I'm so alone. I'm so utterly alone. Yeah, it was it was a good film. I enjoyed. I'm glad that I was able to share it with you guys, and that. You guys had a lot of fun with it, too. I, I am, too. I love discovering something that I'd never even heard of. You know, I think last it year... It was in your cinematic blind spots. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that is the whole point. That is why we do the show, to find stuff we've never seen. Like, it was either last year or... Yeah, I think I discovered last year Skinner that Severin put out, another slasher-type movie with Ted Raimi that I we covered. I have yet to see that one. That one is really good. We've already covered, so I can't do an episode without on you guys. We can't double dip in the same. <laughs> but that one was really no, good. Well, you don't have to worry because there's so many other great films out there. Oh, that ab- we will have a chance to discuss about. So absolutely really awesome. I uh, can't wait to have you back. And just to let everybody know, coming up next week, we're going to be covering Troll Two. Ooh. So that'll be up next week for us. And uh, just an announcement: We now have a YouTube channel. If you go to any of, follow us on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our main link that has all our links in it. We have the YouTube channel in that because until we get a hundred subscribers, we can't create a custom YouTube link. So it has to be all these letters and numbers and dashes and stuff I don't like. But yeah, really, that's the pits. Yeah, you got to get a hundred subscribers now. Before you can create a custom mm. link. Well, well, that's just stupid. Those of you out there, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, hide your wives, hide your kids. Yeah. <laughs> and, and tell go them subscribe. about this YouTube channel. <laughs> go, go subscribe. Yeah, leave rain. So they can make that coin. 
Follow us everywhere. Reach Go out to us everywhere. Them. Cinematic blind spots. Go find them. <laughs> YouTube. All right. right thank now. you, guys. Thank you, guys. This one's been fun. That's going to be it for this one, guys. <laughs>